The technical terms used in the astronomical calculations given by the Jyoti Veda are difficult to translate into English. Therefore, to satisfy the reader, we may include the exact Sanskrit statement given by Srila Vishwamitra which records exact calculations regarding universal affairs. What follows by that is a long Sanskrit Is the answer to all questions, and then I started kind of relating to it. 
But for this Bhagavatam, it is for everything. It is for answers to all questions. Bhagavatam talks about, of course, about devotion, about bhakti, no doubt. But Bhagavatam also talks about politics, about sociology. And at the moment, we are talking about different aspects of the geography, and it gives exact measurements. Now, so what is interesting? What we can learn? What does it all learn? What does it mean to us? Now, how many of us are actually interested that the fact that this local local mountain is 125 million yojanas from Mount Sumeru? When we come into Krishna consciousness and when we come into bhakti, this kind of information, or at least I can speak for myself, sometimes seems quite like dry. No, it doesn't uh, stimulate my bhakti more. It definitely is useful and it's useful information. As a reference point to say I can appreciate Bhagavatam. But I kind of look forward towards the section when it's more juicy. Having said that, what we do see today actually a lot of modern scientists spending billions and billions and trillions of dollars in understanding how the material world works. What rotates, what else rotates, how is the day formed, you know, what is the law of gravitation, all this moment uh, amount of money is being spent to understand how things work. But here we have got this beautiful Bhagavatam, which has got all the information on the pages. Nobody, no one has to actually research, because research means you search after something that has already been searched. So that is actually a futile attempt. Bhagavatam only gives us information that is there. And Prabhupada says, according to the learned scholars, not according to just some ordinary persons, but according to the learned scholars, and in this case, you know, we have also there was Narayana explaining to us how things actually work, what is positioned where. So, so what is the issue with the modern scientific approach of trying to understand the structure and the geography of the universe? For them, the study is focused on the matter only, rather than on the spirit. Because at the end of the day, if everything is only matter, then nothing should matter. If everything is only matter, then nothing should matter at the end of the day. Then why bother? There is things other than matter. So, for us, uh, as sadhakas, you know, as spiritual practitioners, we are focused on both. We are focused on the matter as well as the spirit. Of course, we are more interested in the spirit than in the matter. But we don't derive the matter, we also study it. And it is there for those who are interested to know about it so that our appreciation towards the Lord increases. Krishna tells Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita chapter 10 that all this that I am explaining to you by Vibhutis, when he lists you know, all the 18 plus Vibhutis in chapter 10, that all these Vibhutis are nothing but just a spark of my splendor. So what does that tell us? If all this, this, this long distance of 125 million yojanas of creation, and there is 4 billion miles of the entire universe, is a spark of his splendor, that, that means if there is a spark, there must be a flame behind it. And that flame is Krishna. So all these sparks are there to make us appreciate the potency of the Lord so that we can get more attracted to Him. Because anybody who has got some amount of potency is very attractive. Somebody who can sing well, somebody who can dance well, somebody who can play well are very attractive because they are spark of Krishna's splendor. So how beautiful, how much more beautiful will that personality be 
who is the source of all the sparks. If the spark is beautiful, then the flame is going to be more beautiful by definition. Yeah? So Bhagavatam, the reason for setting it out like this is that we can appreciate the beauty of the Lord, the potency of the Lord. And if somebody is interested in Vedanta, go ahead and figure it out. You know, for those who are scientifically uh, stimulated. For example, you know, let's differentiate between between this morning only when I was reading Bhagavatam with some of my friends you know, in the Bhagavatam study group, Prabhupada writes there that Maitreya Muni tells Vidura that the Lord has had injected his potency into the motherland. So when you just see that then, you know, it's, it was when Maitreya Muni tells Vidura that the, the land has been injected with the potency of the Lord, and what is that potency becomes the nature of his question. The Prabhupada explains that, that that potency is the gravitational force that keeps things intact and keeps things down. Otherwise, imagine we are trying to work and we are all flying, you know, kind of head hazard here and there, not knowing where to go. Just sitting here in the Ramadan class and all of you are flying. That will be very difficult you know, for us to, to be able to interact with each other. So that gravitational force is what uh, keeps things intact. Now, when Newton was sitting under the apple tree in the tree fell, his stimuli was, why did the apple fall down? And why did it not go sideways, or why did it not go up, or why did it fall in the first place? It could have detached from the tree and could have stayed there. But why did it fall down? What is that force? And then he came upon this concept of the law of gravitation, which is wonderful. But what Bhagavatam tells us, and it's common sense as well, that, that the law of gravitation already existed before Newton, Newton discovered it, or before Newton coined the technology to it. The force was already there. So what a spiritualist does, now what a transcendentalist does, he is of course interested in why the apple fell down. But more than that, who created the apple? That is a better question. No? Who created the apple? Where does it fall is fine, but who created the apple? What is that personality? Who is that personality that created the apple? Who created the apple tree? Where did the apple tree come from? Eventually when we walk all our way backwards, then we end up with Krishna. That he not only created the apple or the apple tree, all the air, but created everything that works around. So our interest is like that. Yeah, we understand, we recognize that there is no gravitation, but we are more interested in what is the source of that potency. And in Bhagavad Gita, again, Krishna explains that knowledge constitutes understanding what is matter, what is spirit, and who is the source of both. What is matter, what is spirit, and what is the source of both? That is the understanding of complete knowledge. So Bhagavatam, at the beginning of Bhagavatam, no? uh, Sutta Goswami sets it out with the angels of Nemisharanya that what is Bhagavatam there to give us. Bhagavatam, if we, if we just, uh, if, if somebody wants to read this section on its own about the structure of the universe, especially if we leave these kind of sections to the modern scientists, there is a big risk that they could just end up with the wrong conclusion altogether. To say that Bhagavatam, the purpose of Bhagavatam is to set out how the universe is structured, somebody reading it in isolation. And therefore, although our literatures are books of you know, scholarly, no doubt, they are very scholarly books, they are written very systematically in an order, everything is just all nicely assembled together. But the Bhagavatam is not to be left for the scholars only. The risk with that will be, they will jump to our own conclusion. The essence of Bhagavatam is what? Essence of Bhagavatam is to give us bhakti. 
So what do the devotees do? They discuss, they converse, they understand everything about the Lord, including His material potency, as well as His spiritual potency, as well as His loving reciprocation, everything. When we discuss all that, when we understand all that, then there is Krishna Tichamanantija. There is happiness, there is bliss in that process. And when we, when we do that endeavor, when we try to give our heart to the Lord, what does He do? He gives His heart to us and that is called love. Because the love is centered on the heart, not on the head. No? We don't say, we have given you my head. A boy doesn't go to the tail and say, I have given you my head. We say, we have given you my heart. Because that is love. So when we give our heart to Krishna, he gives his heart to us. And if it is required, what he does? Jnana Dipena Mahasola. He gives, he tends on the light in the room whereby everything is enlightened. And with that enlightenment, our head gets clear. So bhakti is the process with which our heart gets purified. And in the process, our head also gets clear if required. So yes, Bhakti fixes both our heart and our head. But the essence is the heart. No, that's where Krishna resides. That's where we need to connect to the Lord. Head will get clear. No? By, by that's why Jnana and Bhairagya are the byproducts of Bhakti. When we fall in love with Krishna, then Jnana will automatically come. Including the intelligence to understand that what is this 125 million yojanas between Mount Sumeru and Noka Boka. At the moment to me, no, I can't comprehend this. Right? It's beyond until the temple of Vedic Planetarium or and I can see it and visualize it. <laughs> to me it's it's a lot of lot of words, you know, which I can try to draw a picture but but little bit too far out. Essence is appreciation of the potency of the Lord. And that is why when we present knowledge when we present this jhana you know, to the outside world and to our own selves, we have to be careful because knowledge is of course beautiful and empowering, but at the same time, knowledge can also be blinding. Knowledge can be empowering, but knowledge can also be blinding. You know? Too much knowledge in the wrong field can have unfavorable outcomes such as one pride what else you have to participate if you have got too much knowledge in the wrong field with the wrong intent with the wrong mindset what could be some of the pitfalls pride can come in you're progressing in the wrong direction you go in the wrong direction yes knowledge in the ignorant direction yeah in the wrong direction what else can happen that I am the Supreme. We think we are great. That can happen. So many things can happen. So many things can go wrong. We can, we can lead somebody to the wrong direction. So on and so forth. For example, if somebody is endeavoring to climb, climb Mount Himalaya, no? Mount Everest. They want to climb the Mount Everest. And that is their goal. Now, in climbing and getting to the top of the mountain, in climbing and trying to get to the top of the mountain, the issue is 
Then once we get to the, suppose we want to climb mountains, then we get to the top. Once we get to the top, what could be some of the outcomes? We become proud that we are at the top of the mountain. We are waiting for people to glorify us that we have reached the top of the mountain. But we don't know whether somebody has even noticed that we have climbed or whether we have given up halfway through. Or even if somebody glorifies us that you are a champion or you, you scaled Mount Everest, how long will the glorification last? For some time, and then we get busy in the own life, then we just forget about it. So, so many things can be outcome of us climbing Mount Everest. But what is what we if we if climb to intend with the if we climb with the intent to seek prestige and reciprocation and glorification, then we may actually miss out the vital element of climbing the mountain, which is actually enjoying the breathtaking view that it has to offer. When we are at the top of the mountain, the view will be, I'm sure, spectacular, you know, and we can enjoy that. But if we get down, if we if we get distracted, then we lose the flow, you know, we miss the mountain. So similarly, when we read Srimad Bhagavatam, when we read Bhagavad Gita in our Vedic scriptures, if our intent is wrong, then we may become very scholarly, you know, very scholarly, very pandita. But we miss the most spectacular aspiration, most particular aspect of Bhagavatam, which is the beautiful, breathtaking view that it gives us about the Lord and His devotees and about His material creation. Everything is just so beautiful. But we, if we can connect it to Krishna, then it becomes very beautiful. Otherwise, it can be actually dangerous. You know, Bhagavatam is very fine, for sure, if you read it. But we have to read it with the right intent, with the proper guidance, so that we are not misled. When we give this, so then that is for us, you know, how we should approach Bhagavatam. When we like to give this Bhagavatam, when we like to talk about Krishna consciousness to others, again we have got lots of experience. You know, we have got a lot of book distributors here. There's so much experience here, a lot of people wholeheartedly taking it, and people, and people grossly rejecting it. It's like, nah, I don't want it, you know, I know everything. Why do I need this book? I don't need this book. So, we face all that. And we also see a lot of times people are more attracted to those who recite Bhagavatam who may not even be devotees, professional reciters. There's so many videos on YouTube these days, you know, people talking about Vedic literatures. And my goodness, it gets so much of likes. But what they took is completely rubbish. There was another word that almost came out of my mouth. <laughs> but what they took is completely rubbish. Somebody forwarded me one of the you know, one, one of the videos by one very famous uh, personality that is going around in India at the moment, you know, with long beards. Generally, this kind of personalities who are bogus with them, long hair or long beards. It's one of their symptoms. And, he's, and he, he was speaking on this, and somebody asked me for my opinion of, of this person. And I said, well, let's listen to it together. So I was listening to it. And, it, he, and one of the questions was asked about him is, how, how to resolve conflict? How, what does Krishna say about how to resolve conflict? This was the question asked by the audience in this particular YouTube video. Yeah? And this person, when he, when he was responding, he said, then I have not read, and he comes from a famous group in India now. Yeah, I have not read Bhagavad Gita, but what I can tell you is what the Lord would have said about perfect resolution. And I almost honestly felt like smashing my phone against the wall. I was just so angry about this statement. I have not read Bhagavad Gita, so I don't know how to 
Krishna, but I can tell you what he may have said about conflict resolution. What are the last problem of his statement? Yeah? And, 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 and they profess to be gurus, no? or some gurus like that, not big, big gurus. So completely, completely nonsense, no? completely nonsense. And people get attracted, they get likes, people pay money to listen to them. No? But when we try to give it for free, people want it. If anything free, people generally don't appreciate Maybe we should start charging as well. Not that we say this, <laughs> but maybe they will got more affected. So completely. So what, what is what is the essence? What, what's the point I'm trying to make? Yes, if we want to impress people, there is many ways to impress them. They will get fooled because they want to be cheated. But our mood is not to impress people. Our mood is to inspire people. Our mood is to inspire people in making their life a better, better thing, making their life more joyful making their life more enjoyable in Krishna consciousness. You know, that is the whole purpose of life. So we don't speak to impress. We speak to inspire. When the professional recitals are there, who can be very impressive because they are trained in them. It's all colorful videos, they photo fascinating. So much, you know, those uh, lights will be facing on them. So they can, because if you take the light away, they will look very dull. So all those lights are there. And like on movie actors, so much of collision lights are on their face so they look beautiful. But when you see them outside that light, maybe one will look more better than them at times. <laughs> we say, okay, I don't look that too bad when I look at them in the ordinary picture. But so much of glamour is put on them so they look glamorous, but it's all artifact, it's all, it's all unreal, it's all superficial. It's all on the face only. Inside is all, all, all void. So people, people are void, people are distressed, people are losing hope, especially during the pandemic and all that. They need some light. And that is why it's so important to us to give them this Bhagavatam. We said, this can change your life. Of course, if you give it to somebody new, we don't have to tell them that. By the way, you know, you know this local of the mountain is 125 million yojanas from Mount Sunil. We don't have to tell them that we have not to come back to us. We have to tell them something beautiful that there is more attractive and something that they can implement in their life. And have a ray of hope to say, notwithstanding that everything is now toxicity, no? people are losing job, people are dying, people are suffering, people are locked down, people need hope. So when we give this ray of Bhagavatam to them, that can bring them back to life. But professional researchers can impress them, we can inspire them. Should we impress them as well? Of course, yes. If we can impress them and inspire them, that is wonderful combination. Because if you present to them, you know, our, our philosophy with dull face, as if you know, we are ourselves depressed, and I don't know what I'm saying, it's boring, and it's not attractive, then nobody's going to listen to us. But we don't have the point I'm making is, no, we don't have to, our focus is on, on inspiring them, not on impressing them. But if we can inspire them, if they get impressed, that is wonderful. That means we are much more uh, charismatic, you know. Ambassador of Krishna consciousness. So we have to we have to do that. Now <coughs> what about there's a special days as well. Uh, maybe I'll talk this actually after professional. This is uh today's the appear I have some more things to say, but in the interest of time I will pause this there. We have today's the special two special occasions, uh, appearance day of uh, Lord Bhaman there and uh, appearance day of Srila Jiva Goswami. Just talk about Bhavandev first and then we talk about Jiva Goswami. Very, very briefly. Yeah. Lord Bhavandev passed the Vina, appeared at uh, 
theater, it's a loft, and then we do. From my, I could be against them correctly, but there are three incarnations that are mentioned in our scriptures, three avatars, that have got a unique characteristic of appearing as small and quickly growing into size. Very quickly. The other avatars, like Guru Brahma, Guru Krishna, they go through their normal, let's say, normal as in transcendentally normal growth period. But there's three incarnations that go grow very rapidly. One of them is Mahadev, appears as the tip of the thumb from the nostril of Lord Brahma, and then very quickly he grows into thumb size and then elephant size, then into a mountain size, and then something bigger than the air, you know, and then reach the air. Very quickly, rapid, rapid growth. <laughs> the other one is Matsyavata, which grows, which comes like a small fish and then grows very quickly within within no time. And the third one is the Samadevata, you know, which appears as a dwarf, very small at the beginning, and then quickly grows so big. Not, not, not just only as big as the air, but the, as big as the entire universe. And then just measure everything, you know, in two steps. That's how many do. Is there a photon that you know, or is there three only? But there could be a photon. Anything? Comes to mind? Probably is in the photo there. There could be a photon, but this is the three that I know, and could be just three as well. So it grows quickly in size, no? So, so what, what, uh, what can we, there's so many things of course we can learn from our the past time and we can meditate on this, no? It's no, none other than the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But one aspect that struck me was the fact that he grows quickly in size. When in our life, you know, we have problems and we go and, you know, pray to the Lord to say, no, sometimes, as they notice, most of the times we don't, but sometimes we do. We say, this is coming on in my life, if you please. Help me come out of this one instead of falling in my bhakti. So, so when, when the Lord is growing so quickly, but I think the thing that I like was that in, in, to keep my bhakti steady you know, and focused, I can meditate on the fact that yes, I have my problems. Some of them are small, some of them are medium, some of them are big. I have my problems. But the Lord is much bigger than my problems. The Lord is much bigger than my problems. You know? So rather than telling my problems, Rather than going and telling the Lord how big my problems are, I can change it around by going and telling my problems how big the Lord is. So it's, it's a mindset thing. If I minimize and trivialize my problems in presence of the Lord, make my problems dwarf. No, that's what I'm wrong there. If I dwarf my problems in front of the Lord, then the problems become very small. For example, if I'm, if I'm riding my bike, you know, on a road and there is a tree falling. That's it's a small tree, not too big. Like as thick as my arm or something, you know, how this it's fallen on the road, blocking the road. If I'm riding on that bike, I have to stop. Because if the tree is there, there's a problem in my journey at the moment. If I don't stop, then I'll do a flip over with my bike and myself as well. I'll get seriously injured myself. I have to pause either I slowly go over the, the, the tree or I you know, or I bypass it or something, I have to do it. So I have to, I have to, there is a problem in front of me which looks bigger compared to my capacity. So I have to slow down, it's common sense. But now assume, on the same road, if I was driving in my truck, big truck, and that tree is falling over on the road, which is again the size of my arm, now do I have to stop? I don't have to. The truck will just walk over the tree like no problems at all. So the tree has not changed, the road has not changed. 
But my chemistry is In this day, I was on the bike. Now I'm on the truck. On the bike, I have to stop. Otherwise, I do a somersault. On the truck, I don't have to worry about it. I just completely ignore it. So if I tell, the tree is the problem. But if I put the tree in front of the road now, you say, oh my Lord, this is the problem. Then the Lord will say, why are you worried about it? I will give you the momentum, the bhakti shakti, with which you, you can just fly over the tree. Don't worry about it. But otherwise, we can just stay there and tell, oh my God, there's a tree. I won't go over because I'm a bastard. It's too small. So trivialize our problem by dwarfing it in front of Mahmoudiyam. Because Mahmoudiyam is very big, very huge. And just, you know, try to him that, oh Lord, give us the momentum with which I can cross over this obstruction that is coming to life at the moment. Please guide me. And then magic can happen, you know. So like that we march forward. And it reminds me of uh, Bhishma Dev's prayer in Shiva Mahabhata when When Bhishma Dev is lying on the bed of arrows, after the bed of Krishna Tejava, and then Yudhisthira Maharaj with all the followers and Krishna and Vyasadeva and Narayamuni and Kuti Maharaj come to him. Vishwadev makes this interesting statement. You say, Oh Pandavas, you have gone through so many of atrocities in your life at the hands of the Kauravas. So many trials and tribulations in your life you have gone through. I am wonderstruck how you are still alive. For them to go through all those issues they are still alive was, you know, just like for us, we, we could give up very easily, but one was dead. So how are you still alive? That was a rhetorical question. And he answers it by saying, you have only been alive and managed to sustain all these issues that you have faced only because of three things. Vipra, Achitta and Dharma. Vipra, Vipra Dharma and Achitta. Vipra is the Brahma, the devotees from Palestine. That it is only because of devotee association we can march forward and sustain all the pressure that gets given to us in terms of our material problems. The second one is the dharma. No matter what happened you, in your life, you withheld the tenets of dharma. You, you are Yudhisthira Maharaj's dharma avatar. You, you know, whatever you do is dharma. So, because you followed, you were religious, you were devotees, you were pious, you were dharmic, you managed to withheld sustain the pressure that God built on you. And the third one is Achitta, Krishna. Because you had Krishna with you, you could sustain the pressure. So three things. Vipra, Dharma and Achitta. Devotee association, religious principles, Dharmic religious principles and Krishna. If we have these three, then even if the tree fallen on the road is not a small tree but a big log, we can still cross over it. If we take shelter of this devotee association, religious principles, and Krishna, problems will become the storm of our life. And we will march forward. So Vamandev is big, the tree is small. Even if the tree can grow in size, and our problems can grow in size, the Lord can grow in size for us. He can increase His capacity, He can increase our capacity as well. And we can march forward in Krishna consciousness. I have five more minutes, I'll talk about. So Jiva also. Anybody wants to add anything to one of them? Or anything that comes to mind? Interesting? No? Trying to wake up still. Okay, that's fine. Trying to grow our consciousness, our waking up consciousness. So, Srila Jiva also, you know, Wednesday of uh, our esteemed our uh, Acharya in our Parampara. Uh, most of us know about Srila Jiva also, and for that matter, about uh, six Goswamis. Uh, what I just found a few things Sri Goswami is the Vilas Manjari in the spiritual world. Krishna Jyotaradhara is past time, he is the Vilas Manjari. 
Don't no, ask me what's going to last one. I don't know. But, but how did this? In the book, that six goes on, it's a little bit of a little bit. Here's the Vilas Goswami, uh, Vilas Mandri. And he uh, is, of course, renowned for so many books that he has written. He is most uh, prolific uh, in our books. And Prabhupada, he is famous to start a book distribution in one sense. And Prabhupada followed the footsteps of, you know, how Ajayas, six Goswami is in writing, reading, publishing, lecturing on the books. All comes, the genesis of all that is the six Goswami. And Prabhupada followed the same book. Satsandarma and Prabhupada Jambu. You know, we have heard about this book. I have not read this book, uh, it's on my list, but first I need to read Prabhupada's books, <laughs> still on Shibur Bhagavatam. But beautiful books there for those who want to read. And we know this Shri Shradana Mother Temple, you know, that's, uh, that's where Shri Jiva Goswami did this, Shri Shradana Mother, I am the temple, most of us, I think, you know, who are here, have been to Vrindavan and we have seen this temple, we have seen the Shri Shradana Mother did this, which was carved by Shri Goswami. And then even Krishna Jeeva Goswami, who then worshipped those deities which are kept under the Mother Temple. And that is where Prabhupada decided in his, uh, in his days before leaving for the Jalabhita to, to America. So, and I read one, so, so we know that, so then we read, I read one of these interesting articles on here, and I hope this is true, to be honest, I don't verify the source of it, but look authentic. Uh, in one of our in one of our repository of knowledge. It said that when Shri Prabhupada was at the Shishirata of the Mother Temple meditating on his journey to U.S. Uh, to take that, you know, a journey, uh, when he was contemplating and all that and coming and tossing and doing and drawing, you know, uh, what to do, how to do, how to become successful, etc., 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 then Shri uh, Jiva Goswami appeared in his dream, you know, manifested in front of him and said to Prabhupada that, don't uh,
to be nice with them, to make genuine friendships with them, to give them prasadam, exchange prasadam. All that people, this is the, 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 the inspiration part that I was talking about. Our mood is to inspire people by genuine love, genuine compassion. So hence I'm experienced. But when I'm doing this online Mahatibhiksha, and this also incidentally happens to be my family. <laughs> and we know that preaching to family is never easy. So I have got 10 or 40 people coming from my family and my relatives who are preaching online and this is going on for 2-3 months. So it's like, my Lord, what do I do? You know, I can give them Bhagavad Gita philosophy, I can give them Bhagavad but will they become devotees? Online, how will they become devotees? There is no prashadam. There is no that you know, vibrant kirtan as well. Because you know, online the kirtan, the mood doesn't really come out as it comes up in the temple room, yeah? When we just start jumping and dancing and all that. I've never seen anybody dancing on a Zoom kirtan. It's hard. <laughs> it just doesn't know. Especially if it's a bad singer like me. What, what can I do? So, what, how will they become devotees is the question. No? So, my confidence that after this they will take to Krishna consciousness, oh, I can't say it's as conviction as con- the conviction level is, of course, not, not that high as it would have been perhaps if I had some experience with the physical conviction. So, but if Prabhupada was you know, physically there, again, then if he had said, for example, yes, my dear devotee, go and do this, it will be successful, then my preaching will be completely different all of a sudden. Now, I know that Prabhupada is said it will be successful, so my conviction level will be 100%. No matter what, it will be successful. So, now just imagine this. You know, if, one, if some Acharyas were to come in our dream and tell us, Go and do it, Madhananda, it will be successful. Then we'll be doubling with the conviction. So so Prabhupada went through all that, you know, the, the blessings and the and the, uh, and the empowerment by the Acharyas, including Shila Jiva Goswami, to say go ahead and it will be successful. So in uh, in my personal experience, you know, uh, I'm waiting for that day when I can also dream <laughs> that Shila Jiva Goswami Unlikely, you know, that he will come in my dream, but there is a likelihood that Prabhupada comes in the dream, you know, and then says, Go ahead and do this, you know, it will be successful. You know. that, that dream I will encrypt in my mind forever, you know. Uh, some of you may get dreams from Prabhupada, from Radha Krishna, from the devotees. Uh, if you have you know, some nice experiences, that's wonderful. If you appreciate, go ahead. Uh, if not, then uh, pray very fervently, you know, that. Uh, one day we you know, also get dreams of Acharya's blessing us that he will be successful. Then we can become much more convinced in the actions we take. Vamadeva Pierenski, Shilla Jirago Swami Ki, Shilla Prabhupada Ki, Hare Krishna. Have you heard anything wrong? Any comments, questions, corrections, realizations? Yes.
and my Lord's grace, I think only, to put me into more anxiety. <laughs> that thing went for two hours <laughs> because something very attractive started happening. I was doing quiz with that. You know, so when you do quiz with people, newcomers, they like it, it becomes very interactive and jovial and laughter. So it went on for two hours. So it became seven days. And I had three rounds left as well. <laughs> so it kind of dragged on. And then when I read this at around 7.45, it was like, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Rama. So complete surrender when the Lord comes only during this time. Yeah? <laughs> complete surrender. Oh my Lord, what do I say? So I, so, so anyway, all glories to. All the rest of Hanuman Prabhu as well. He gave me some tips of what to say because I was quite blind to be honest. He gave me some tips of, with his uh, impetus and, uh, and wisdom, I managed to say a few things as well. So, I'll party here. Shall I propose a party? Yeah, yeah.